series on the topic of Trias HaMesim and Olam Haba, the resurrection of the dead and the world to come. So this is a very broad topic, there's a lot to discuss about it. So what I'd like to discuss tonight, as you see on your handout, is to start with the basics. Trias HaMesim, Ma'u HaMailu Resurrection of the dead, what is the point? And why is it a fundamental principle? As we know, Trias HaMesim is one of the Yud Gimel Ikri Amuna. It's one of the 13 principles of faith that many Jews say every single day. And the question is, first of all, what is so special about Trias HaMesim? What's the point? Why is, why, is it, why is it going to happen? What is the purpose? And furthermore, why is it a fundamental part of Judaism? So let's start with the basics. First, the source of Trias HaMesim. Now, it's very interesting that Trias HaMesim is not actually stated explicitly in Chumash, in the Five Books of Moses. It's hinted to in many places. The Gemara, in the beginning of the last parak, the last chapter of Sanhedrin, goes to many different uh, sources that allude to Trias HaMesim. Uh, in, in, in Chumash. However, the only place where it's actually explicit is in the book of Daniel. So in the end of uh, Sefer Daniel in Perkut Beis, chapter 12 of, of, of the book of, of Daniel, the book of Daniel, over there, Daniel has a prophecy from a malach, from an angel. And so over here are just two, sukkim, two quotes um, from the prophecy, from the Nevoah. Which read as follows. In Pasik Beis it says, Many who sleep in the dust will awaken. These for eternal life. And those for disgrace for eternal abhorrence. In other words, what the Malach is telling Daniel is that people who passed away, who are Righteous, they will arise, they will be resurrected for eternal life. And then a couple of verses later, a couple of psukim later, in Pasigid Gimel, says, Va'ata leich the angel tells Daniel, you go to the end, in other words, you'll pass away, and you will rise to your lot at the end of days. In other words, you, Daniel, you will be resurrected at the end of days. So it's clear over here from these psukim that there will come a time, as the Malach, as the Malach says, "Lekets Hayavin" at the end of days, when, uh, when the when the dead will arise. So, you could just reading the psukim themselves of Daniel. So we, it's clear that Tchias Hamesim is going to happen. But if you look in the Rambam in the Pirush, in his Pirush Hamishnayis and in his introduction to Perik Chelak, the last Perik of Sanhedrin which we'll get into a little bit later, this Pirush HaMishnayis, Raman goes a step further. He says, He says that Tchiyas HaMesim is one of the fundamental principles of Tchiyas HaMesim. He said you can't have the religion and you can't like be religious if you don't believe in this. So the question is why? Let me just explain the question. 
we know one of the another one of the Yud Gimel Ikre Amuna, another one of the principles of faith is to believe in Torah and to believe that every single thing that it says in Torah is true and is divine. It was given from God. So obviously, anyone who's going to deny anything that is written in Torah is obviously denying one of the um, fundamentals of faith because he's denying that the Torah is absolutely and one hundred percent true. So when the Rambam says that Tchias Hamesim is a fundamental, uh, a fundamental part of Judaism, a fundamental part of Yiddishkeit, he isn't just saying that it's a fundamental part of Yiddishkeit because it's stated explicitly in the Torah. Because if that's the case, so the entire Torah is a fundamental part of Yiddishkeit. You have to believe in everything. Obviously, when, when we talk about a, a, a fundamental principle, we mean this is one of the pillars of Yiddishkeit. That means if you don't have this in Judaism, Judaism is not the same. This is one of the foundations that Yiddishkeit, the Torah itself, rests on. So the, obviously the whole Torah is true, and you have to believe in the whole Torah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that those things are, are, are the foundations of the Torah. There's only, certain, there's only 13 things, says Ram, that these are the foundations of our religion. So the question is, what is so special about Tchiyas HaMesim? Why is this a foundation of Yiddishkeit? So I will explore tonight uh, two ideas why Tchiyas HaMesim is so important. Why it's, a, why it's a fundamental principle. So first, starting with the Rambam himself. So let me just point out right now that there's, there's actually a very big dispute between the, the Rambam and the Rabban regarding the importance and centrality of Tchias HaMesim that we'll get to a little bit later. But before we even get to there, we'll, we'll see what the Rambam himself says in Igeras Tchias HaMesim regarding this. So let me just give you some historical background regarding Igeras Tchias HaMesim. So, the Rambam in Mishnah Torah, in his uh, Code of Law, he, in the end of Mishnah Torah, he writes, about, he writes about Mashiach. And he tells us that the whole purpose of Mashiach is just to bring back the completion of Torah mitzvahs. Mashiach is not about making wonders and miracles. Mashiach is not here to revive the dead, he says. He's not here to be Mechaim Esau. And the Rambam says, and therefore, any of the nevuas, any of the prophecies that you're going to find that seem to imply that the world is going to change and there's going to be wonders and miracles and the, the natural order is going to change, he says all of those are just a muscle, just a parable. For example, when it says with Goizef and Keves that the wolf will lie with the lamb, it doesn't mean literally, says the Rambam, rather it means that the Jewish people will live in peace and tranquility among all of their neighbors, among all the other nations. That's what it means. So now, this led, the, these words in the Rambam, this description of Yemaisa Mashiach, the days of Mashiach, which, and especially the line that said that don't, don't think that Mashiach is going to be Mechaim Mason, is going to revive the dead, led some people to think that the Rambam also doesn't believe in Tchiyas HaMesim. And as the Rambam also somehow explains these verses about Tchiyas HaMesim, allegorically, that they're just some type of muscle, some type of parable, but Tchiyas HaMesim is not going to happen literally in, in, in the physical world. Isn't actually gonna, the, the dead aren't actually going to be resurrected. So that's the historical background behind this Igeras Tchiyas HaMesim. So, the Rambam wrote this long letter, which is known as Maimut Tchiyas or Igeras Tchiyas the letter of the resurrection of the dead, 
which is all to explain that that's not true. That, of course, Chiyas HaMesim will happen in the literal sense, and furthermore, it's a fundamental part of Yiddishkeit, of, of the Jewish religion. So, now, his main point over here is that the, the reason why he explained Chiyas uh, HaMesim the reason why he, that he didn't explain it to be some type of allegory or something like that is because if you read those Psukim and Daniel that we just read, there's really no other way to explain them. Uh, they, 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 the, the meaning is pretty obvious. It's pretty clear that it's saying that the dead will be resurrected. They'll come to life again and live forever. So the Rambam says that wherever, whenever, he, whenever he explains these Psukim as some type of parable or, or allegory, it's only when that's possible, only when the voices themselves lend themselves to that interpretation. But if we're going to have to somehow stretch the voices and we're somehow going to have to explain them in a way that that's completely, uh, completely divests the voices of their literal meaning, he, the Raman says there's no need to do that. There's no need to do that, and, uh, and therefore we'll, we'll have to accept that the voices mean it in the plain and literal sense. And just to point out another important point, that in general the Rambam's approach in general to Torah is, he himself writes over that is to try to explain everything as naturally and as rationally as possible. So that's why in general the Rambam tries, it says, he writes over that why he's trying to explain, why he explains those other verses of the wolf of the lamb in, a, in an allegorical sense. However, the Rambam says, when you can't explain it that way, so he, so you have to accept it in the, in, the, in the simple sense. So now the Rambam says like this. I'll read a little bit inside. He says, But now you should know like this. The only reason why anyone would deny the, the concept of the soul returning to the body could only be one of two reasons. It says, Either a person will deny it because he says he'll say that it's something which is unnatural. Says the Rambam, based on that, a person will have to deny any type of miracle, since any type of miracle, by definition, is something which is not natural. So that's one possible reason why a person might deny Trias Hamesim in the literal sense. Oh, he says the Rambam. Another possibility is he'll deny it since it wasn't mentioned in the Pasuk. And he'll say there isn't any clear Haggadah over here. He means there isn't any clear... We didn't have any... Um, we weren't told clearly that it's going to happen just like we, when it was miracles we experienced, we saw. It says this, we won't we weren't told clearly that it's going to happen. So a person might say that we, weren't, we were never told by the prophets that it's going to happen. However, says the says, however, we've already explained you have these voices, although there are only a few of them, which clearly indicate that the dead will be resurrected, they will return. And now maybe someone will say, well, let's let explain those verses like we explained the other verses. In other words, allegorically. Will respond to that person as follows. 
what is causing you to explain it in such a way that is not in the literal sense? It's because you you think sorry, it's because the return of the dead is something which is not natural. That's why you want to interpret these verses that it should be in a natural way. So in other words, basically what the Rama was trying to get to is the only reason is that you'd explain these verses not literally is only because that you can't accept this concept that there is miracles, that there's something which is beyond nature. That's the only reason why you want to explain these verses in such a manner. Now says the Rambam, However, we have already explained in in the Rambam's own guide to the perplexed, regarding our, our words, regarding the belief and how the world has, is, is not primary, the world, world has been created by Hashem, if you believe that the world is created, says the Ramam, you have to believe that all miracles are possible. So therefore you also have to believe that is possible. Anything that's possible, if the Navi will tell you, Nami will believe what the Navi says. We won't need to somehow explain it in some way that's not, that's not the literal sense. In other words, what the Ramam is saying is, is that we believe that Hashem created the world. And Hashem created the world, yesh me'ayin. He created the world something from nothing. That's something which is impossible. Something that we, it's completely beyond the natural order. Something that no created being can do. So if we believe that there is a creator, we believe that there is... A, 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 a God who's, who's primordial, who came before man, created everything, then you have to believe that all miracles are possible. You have to believe that this God is not limited to the natural order. If so, you have to believe that is possible. So there's no reason why we have to, to explain that Tchiyas HaMesim is not literal. Okay, so basically the point of the, the Rambam over here is that he says in the next paragraph, I won't read it inside, his point is the only thing that you, ha you, you have to take out of its literal meaning is something that can't be. He says, for example, like Hagshamas Hashem. For example, ascribing physical qualities to Hashem, to God. That's something that we cannot take in the literal sense because that's impossible. It can't be that Hashem has, has, uh, has mortal qualities. That can't be. It's impossible. But a miracle is something which is possible. So... So let's believe it. Why not? If that's what the voice says, so let's accept it. And now the Rambam concludes. Here's the punchline. The last paragraph. And it's for these reasons. That's why we have established that is literal. And we have placed it as one of the cornerstones of the Torah. And therefore we say that you shouldn't explain those two voices from Daniel in any, in any sense other than the literal sense. So what it seems that the Rambam is saying over here is a very interesting point. He is saying what is so important about believing that Trias HaMesim is going to happen, and in the literal sense that the dead will literally be resurrected, is because Tchiyas HaMesim is a miracle. 
And if you believe in Hashem and you believe that God created the world from nothing, you must believe that miracles are possible. And Tchiyas HaMesim is a miracle. So it would seem that the reason why the Ramam is saying that Tchiyas HaMesim is one of the fundamental parts of the Torah isn't necessarily so much because it's Tchiyas HaMesim per se. Because it's this particular thing of Tchiyas HaMesim that, that, that are going to be resurrected. That doesn't seem to be the main point. The main point seems to be that it's a miracle. It's a miracle. And we have to believe in miracles. In other words, the 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 aside over here, the principle is the fact that God is beyond the natural order. That's what it is. That's the Nakuda, that's the main point. And Triasamesim, the belief in Triasamesim is an expression of that. Believing that Triasamesim can happen means that you believe in miracles. You believe that God is beyond the natural order. So the obvious question is, so once again, so then why is Trias Hamesim per se in Ikrabidas, right? You should say the belief in miracles, the belief that God is beyond uh, nature, right? The belief that God is a creator. He said in a sense, if you believe that God's a creator, you have to believe in miracles. So really it seems to be all included in the fact that if you believe that there's a God who is a creator, so you believe also in Trias Hamesim. So, so seemingly it doesn't, we, yeah, we don't have a, uh, a clear answer of why Trias Hamesim itself is an Ikrabidas. So, I think in order to answer this question, we have to step, take a step back and discuss, well, what exactly is the purpose of Trias Hamesim? What's going to happen then? The dead are going to be resurrected and then what? So, let's start with the, the Mishnah in Sanhedrin, the end of Sanhedrin, which actually this Rambam of Pirsha Mishnayis is actually based on. And we'll see over here that Trias Hamesim is actually, the purpose of Trias Hamesim, it's a schar, it's the reward for our avoda, for our work in this world of serving Hashem. So the Mishnah says, famous Mishnah, we say it before Pergevs, Kol Yisrael Yeshlem Chelek Lo'elem Haba. says, all Jews have a portion in the world to come. Now another Gemara in Erevin says, Chavbeza Menalov 22a, Hayoyim La'asoysa, Umochel Le'kamul Shorem. says, today, meaning in this world, in Olam Hazeh, is the time to do Torah and Mitzvahs, and tomorrow, in Olam Haba, in the world to come, then is the time to receive our reward. So in other words, it's clear that Olam Haba is the time when we're going to receive our schar, our reward for doing Torah and Mitzvahs. So the question is, what exactly is the nature of this Olam Haba? And here we come to a very famous machloikas between the Rambam and the Ramban. Right? The, the famous dispute between Maimonides and Nachmanides. So the Rambam, in, once again, in the same, in the same Peter Shamashnais on this Mishnah, the Rambam says that the Olam Haba is a reference to Gan Eden. And he goes into a whole long description over here explaining to us why the ultimate schar must be a, a spiritual reward. A reward to that, only, that, the, that the neshama can, only, can experience only when it's not enclosed in a body. So we'll, we'll read a little bit what he says over here. He says, Have a yodaya. You should know. He says, Just like a blind person cannot understand what a color is. And a, a deaf person is not able to grasp 
what what sound is. So so to physical bodies, they cannot understand and grasp what a spiritual pleasure is. And then he continues, This pleasure that's going to happen, that we're going to experience, the spiritual pleasure of Gan Eden, it's something that it's not able to be divided into parts. It's something which is infinite. We can't describe it. We don't even have a, an, an analogy with which to explain in any way that type of pleasure, that the spiritual pleasure of Gan Eden. The only, way, the only way to describe it is the way the Navi described it when he was when when he when he wanted to describe the the wondrous goodness of Gan Eden. he said, How great is your goodness that you have hidden to those who fear you? So too our sages say in another Gemara in Brachis Yudzayin Amid Beis in 17b The world to come has no eating or drinking or bathing or anything of the sort Rather the righteous will sit with the crowns on their heads and they will bask in the ray of the Shekhin of the Divine Presence Right, so what is what do our sages mean to say? That their crowns are on their heads. This means that the soul will be, uh, will, sounds like he's saying that the soul will be united with its understanding. Okay. They say that though. Enjoy the radiance of the Shekhinah. He means to say, It means that those souls, they will derive pleasure from their understanding of the existence of Hashem. Just like the other angels, they, they derive pleasure from their understanding of Hashem. And then the Rambam says, He says, the ultimate goodness, the ultimate purpose, the ultimate reward, the greatest thing, the greatest reward that a person, that a soul could experience is to reach this level. The least becoming has that, to have this glory. And then the Rambam says, He says, the truth is, it's one of the fundamentals of Teres Moshe. But it's not the ultimate. He says, a person eventually will die. And eventually his body will go back to its original state. He says, the ultimate goal is what what he calls the world to come, which is Gan Eden, which is a spiritual pleasure which consists of the just basking in the understanding and appreciation of the of the existence of Hashem. He says that that's where we're going to. That's the ultimate goal, says the Rambam. The ultimate goal, says the Rambam, isn't really Triasamesim, he says. The ultimate goal is to eventually he says after Triasamesim says the neshama will go back to its original, sorry, the, the body will go back to its original state, it will go back to the earth, 
and then the soul will just enjoy everlasting spiritual pleasure. And so what follows that according to the Ramam, Chiyas HaMesim is not really the main point. Chiyas HaMesim is just a, a, tempo, a temporary stage. But after Chiyas HaMesim, the ultimate goal is, is the, the ultimate Olam Haba, world to come, the ultimate Shachar, the ultimate reward that we're talking about in the Mishnah is the Shameis Belay Gufim, is to have souls without bodies. However, the Ramban in Sefer Teiras Adam, the Shar HaGmul, has a whole treatise over there about the ultimate reward of for Torah and mitzvahs, for fulfilling Hashem's will in this world. So he disagrees with the Rambam. So he says as follows, This world to come, which is the ultimate reward for mitzvahs, says it's not clear in this Mishnah when the Mishnah says that all Jews have a reward and have a, have a portion in the world to come, what is the world to come? It's not clear, is this a reference to the world of souls? It's talking about what we call Ganeiden, which is the reward that a Neshama gets after it leaves the body. Each, in the, each neshama individually, right? Every single person, individual, when their neshama leaves their body, so then their neshama gets their schar. Or it's the, or it's the world which is go, the new world. And the reward will be with the body and soul. Or it'll just be for the soul in that time. So the Raman, the Raman says, if you just look at the Mishnah, it's not clear what, it, what the reference is to. Now he's going to bring a proof that the reference is to Tchiyas Hazu. However, we see the Gemara over there in Sanhedrin says concerning this Mishnah. says, why so much? Tana, it says as follows, Who kafar It says, he denied Tchiyas HaMesim. So since he denied Tchiyas HaMesim, therefore he won't have a portion in Tchiyas HaMesim. That's because all of the Midas of Hashem are measure for measure. In other words, what do you see over here? That since the person denied Tchiyas HaMesim, therefore, what will he not get? Yes, I'm Asim. He won't be resurrected. says the Ramban. This shows us from here it's clear that Olam Haba, the world to come, is a reference to the reward that Hashem will give to to those who He will resurrect by Tchias It's not a reference to the world of souls, which we call Gan Eden. Rather, it is the world of the Trias HaMesim of after the resurrection. That's the ultimate, that's the ultimate reward. So the Ramban over there continues, he brings many, many proofs to his position that the ultimate schar, the ultimate reward is Trias HaMesim, is, is the resurrection of the dead. So, so what's, so what's going to happen? Ramban or Ramban, what's the ultimate? So in Chsidis, in many places, and over here is just one quote in Derek Mitzvah Sechem Mitzvah where he quotes this whole uh, discussion between the Ram and the Ramban. 
He says, that according to Kabbalah, the truth is like the Ramban. In other words, the ultimate is Tchiyas HaMesim. So, now you really have to understand. So, really there's two questions here. One question is the question that we started off with. So, what is the, why is Tchiyas HaMesim, why is that in Ikr Bedas? And maybe to rephrase the question, if Tchiyas HaMesim is, is the schar for our Avaidah, is the reward for us doing Torah Mitzvahs, so why is that um, a fundamental part of Judaism? Seemingly, it says in Purkei Avais, that you shouldn't be like those who serve Hashem in order to receive reward. So seemingly, why is reward, why should that be part of the, one of the fundamental parts of Yiddishkeit? I understand Hashem will reward us. He will do that for, for many people so that are not yet at the level of serving Hashem Lishma, just, just for the purpose of serving Hashem. So Hashem will reward them. But why is that a Yisoyed? Why is, why is this schar of Chiyas HaMesim, why should that be a, uh, why, why should that be a fundamental part of Yiddishkeit? Why is that, why is that one of the cornerstones? Another question you could ask, which we're not going to get into it this week, is, so the Ramban has all his proofs that, uh, the ultimate goal, the ultimate reward is Tchiyas HaMesim, is when the soul will be enclosed in a body. But seemingly, the, Ram, the Rambam has a very good point. Rambam's whole point is, is that the body is limited, the soul is infinite. The body is not able to receive, the body is not able to experience the same type of tainu, the same type of pleasure that the neshama, that the soul is able to experience. How is it possible that the soul, when it's enclosed in a physical body, should be able to experience a greater tainu, a greater pleasure, a greater schar than the neshama without a body? It seems, it seems very strange. That the ultimate should be to come down to this lowly physical body. How could that be? That's another question. Maybe we'll get to that a little later. So, so let's get back to the main point, which is, so what exactly is the purpose of Tchiyas HaMesim? So obviously all of this leads us back to our original question of, the, 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 the main question, which is, what is the purpose of creation? What are we all doing here? So, the Alter Rebbe says in Tanya, quoting the Medrash, Tanya Paraklamadvav in chapter thirty-six. It's not what our sages say. The ultimate purpose of the creation of the world is that Hashem desired a dwelling place in the lower realms. So when is this going to happen? So the Altanama goes into the whole discussion what that means. And basically what it means is that there's going to be a revelation of godliness and of Hashem himself in this physical world. Now when is this going to happen? So the Rebbe continues later in Paragram It's known that the days of Mashiach and specifically when the dead will be resurrected 
There is the ultimate purpose of this world, and it's for this purpose that the world was, was created initially. So now the, the Alter Rebbe continues in Perak Lamed Zion. How are we going to reach that? He says, This ultimate perfection, this ultimate goal of which was a revelation of in this physical world, it's dependent on our Avaida throughout Golos. How so? Because that which, which causes the reward for the mitzvah is the mitzvah itself. So in this line over here, this is the key line over here. So the Alter Rebbe is telling us over here, what is, what is Yemais HaMashiach? And specifically, what is Tchias HaMesim? It's the Schar of the mitzvah. What's the Schar of the mitzvah? It's the Gili Elikus. It's the Gili Eiren Saif. It's that manifestation, the revelation of godliness that's going to be revealed in this world. That's what it is. What's the cause of that? What's, what's the Goyrim Schar HaMitzvah? What causes the Schar HaMitzvah? He says it's the mitzvah itself. Because when a person does a mitzvah, he draws down from above to below to be enclosed in this physical world. So in, then the Altar Rebbe continues in when is that going to be revealed? So nowadays, that's what we're doing now. When you do a mitzvah, what are you doing? You're taking your physical body and you're taking physical things that are in this world and you're drawing down to those things. You're drawing down that there's a revelation of godliness in this physical world and in your physical body. That's what you're doing. Now, till Yemais HaMashiach, till the days of Mashiach, until Tchias HaMesem, we don't see it. We don't actually experience this Giloi. So what's the schar? What's the schar for Avaida? It's the opportunity to experience and to see the revelation that we brought about through our Avaida. It's not something else. It's not a new thing. It's to experience what we accomplished in this world. So that's what it's all about, says the Altar Ben Tanya. That's what Tchiyas HaMesim is all about. Tchiyas HaMesim is the culmination of Torah Mitzvahs. In other words, a lot of times when we think of Schar, think of reward, you think of, a, of the, the typical uh, analogy of a, of a child, right? So a child is, behaves good, and then their teacher or their parents, they give them a candy, they give them something that they enjoy. So now obviously the reward had absolutely nothing to do with what the child did directly. The child behaved nicely, and then the parent or the, or the teacher decided to give, them a, to give them a candy. It wasn't something that they, that the child somehow created through their, through, through their good behavior, right? It's, it's an external thing that the parent or the teacher is using as some type of reward. What the Rebbe is telling us over here in Tanya is that our reward for doing Torah and Mitzvahs in this world, it's not something external, it's not something outside of what we're accomplishing. It's the revelation, it's the experience of what we're actually doing right now. And what is that? It's Gili Oren Saif in this physical world, in your physical body. And the Altarebbe goes a step further. He says, He says, Every spark, meaning every spark of a neshama, the purpose of it coming down to this world was not for itself. 
but not for the neshama itself. The purpose of your neshama coming to down to this physical world is to be enclosed in a body in what's called the nefesh achiyunis, the, the, the soul that gives life, which is also called the nefesh Bahamas, the animal soul. The purpose is only to fix them, to rectify them. And he explains what that means. That means to It's to separate the body in your nefesh Bahamas from the unpure klipas, the unholy forces, through keeping the 365 negative mitzvahs. And to elevate your your um, your bodily soul. With the whole, with the whole part that's connected to it of this physical world, to connect them, to unite them with Oyin Soif, with the light of Hashem, to fulfilling all the two hundred forty-eight positive mitzvahs. It's the Alter explains earlier that it's the it's the animal soul, it's the bodily soul that that enables the person to fulfill all the action-based mitzvahs. Like it says, the, as the Arizal writes in Eitzchayim, The Alter Rebbe says the Neshama itself does not need to be rectified at all. etc. The whole purpose of the soul coming down to this world is only to draw down the light of Hashem to fix and rectify the goof in the Nefesh Bahamas. So in other words, what the Alter Rebbe is saying is, is that this is the whole purpose of your soul coming down to this world. This is the whole purpose of creation in general. And this is the whole purpose of your soul coming down to your body. It's not about the soul, it's about the body. It's about bringing Gilead Lekus, bringing the revelation of Hashem to the physical body. So now let's stop and think for a second. Let's imagine that there would be no Trias HaMesim. Let's say there would be no Tchiyas HaMesim. Let's just imagine there would be no Tchiyas HaMesim. There would be no resurrection. So what would that mean? That would mean that you worked your entire life. You were fulfilling Torah and Mitzvahs. And what were you doing? You were being misakin your guf. You were rectifying your body. You used your arm to put on tefillin. You used your head to put on tefillin. You used your hand to give tzedakah and so on and so forth. You're using your physical body, sweating away years, 70, 80 years, 100 years, 120 years of your life in this world, fixing your goof. And what happened to that goof? What happened to it? It just rots away in the ground. <laughs> you put, the soul leaves the body, the body is buried, and, and, and that's it. That means you accomplish nothing. It was an exercise in futility. That's what it, what it was. You didn't accomplish anything. You didn't. What did you do? You were working your whole life to be misak in the goof, to fix the goof, and then what happened eventually? The goof just died, and the goof just disintegrated. That's why Tchiyas Hamesim was so important. Tchiyas Hamesim is the culmination of everything. Tchiyas Hamesim is the ultimate goal that the body is going to come back. The body that you and every single person here and every single Jew throughout all the generations, their physical bodies, 
that they fixed and that they elevated and that they purified through fulfilling Torah mitzvahs, that body is going to come back and finally experience that zichuch, that, that purification that the, the soul uh, accomplished while the soul was enclosed in the body during his life in, in this world and through the fulfillment of Torah mitzvahs. So that's why Tchiyas HaMesim is a Yisoyim. That's why Tchiyas HaMesim is, is, is a fundamental principle of Yiddishkeit, of Judaism. What is Judaism about, says the Altar What's the whole purpose of Torah Mitzvahs? What is the whole purpose of everything? He says the whole purpose of everything is Dino B'Tachtoinim, is to bring down the revelation of Hashem in the lower worlds. What's Tachtoinim? It's the physical world and the physical body. That's the ultimate purpose. When is it... In, so if there wouldn't be Tchiyas HaMesim, if the, if the body wouldn't be re- resurrected, that would mean that it's never going to happen. That means that we're, we're not actually accomplishing anything. We're like only doing half the job, but then suddenly, okay, the goof passes away, it's over, it's finished. There's nothing. So that's why Tchiyas HaMesim is, 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 so, is so important. Now just to add, it's very interesting. In the... So uh, in the, the Rambam... In the in in Pirushamishnais, we turn back your page. What does he say? He says, Trias Hamesim is Yesoid me Yesoid Teres Meshra Ben Olashal. He says the resurrection of the dead is still is a fundamental part of Teras Mesha. He doesn't say that uh, the reward of Trias Hamesim is a is is a fundamental principle. He, it sounds like Trias Hamesim itself, right? The re- resurrection of the dead itself, that itself is a fundamental principle. That itself is a yisait. Also in the in the Nusach of the Animamin that many people say after davening, in the last Animamin, it says, Animamin, she'yatriyasamesim. I believe that there will be the resurrection of the dead. No mention of the fact that this is the reward. In other words, the, the, the implication is, is that triyasamesim itself is a yisait, is a fundamental principle. It's not just that the reward is a, a fundamental principle. Which that itself is a question, like we, as we mentioned before, why should a reward be a fundamental principle? It happens to be it also is. It's another one of the Yudhiyam Lekriyamunah. But Tchiyas HaMesim is something else. Tchiyas HaMesim itself is a very important thing, because that's the whole ultimate purpose of being Misak in the Guf. Now you might still ask a question, maybe conclude with this. But seemingly, the, the, what's going to happen in Tchiyas HaMesim? Tchiyas HaMesim, seemingly the body disintegrates, and then the body comes back. Now it's a new body. It's a new thing. It's a new body. So the truth is, is that Chazal say, or sages say in Bereshus, Rabbah, and other places in, in the Medrash, that there is one bone of the body, the loose bone. The loose bone never disintegrates. It's eternal. And the truth is, al Rebbe himself says in Tanya that the goose is very special. It says, when we say in Shema, when we say, Hashem, you chose us from all the other nations, the Rebbe says, this isn't a reference to the Neshama. The Neshama he didn't have to choose, right? The Neshama is a part of Hashem. Obviously, he didn't need to choose. It was no choice. He says, it's referring to the Guf. It's referring to the physical body, which, which uh, in, externally seems very similar to the bodies of non-Jews. Nevertheless, Hashem chose the Jewish body. 
So just like we understand that the soul is, since it's a part of Hashem, it's a chelik al mal, therefore it's, it's everlasting, it's also understood that the guf, which is chosen by Hashem Himself, is also everlasting. How is it everlasting? The guf dies. The neshama is, is, is nitzchi, the neshama is eternal, the neshama never dies. But seemingly the guf dies, the answer is, in, in, in essence, the guf also never dies. It's the look, because the essence of the body, it says the luz, that's like the, the essence of the body that always remains there. It's only the chitzonia, so to say, the external part of the body, that's what goes away. But the luz bone itself is always there. And so basically what Hashem is going to do by Tchiyas HaMesim, He's going to rebuild the body. It's going to be that same body that's going to come, to, to, to come back. So the point is, is that, just to, to sum up, so we have, so the question is, so why is Tchiyas HaMesim, why is it a fundamental part of, of, uh, of Yiddishkeit. So we have one point which the Rambam points out that Tchiyas HaMesim um, strengthens our belief in miracles. It's really about the belief that Hashem is beyond the natural order, but it has to be more than that. And so we see that the truth is is that um, the, the conclusion of Kabbalah and Chesidus is that really the ultimate is actually Tchiyas HaMesim, like the Ramban, unlike the Ramban. And uh, the reason why Tchiyas HaMesim is so important is because what Tchiyas HaMesim is about, it's about the Gilui of Oyen Saif, the revelation of Hashem in the physical body, in the physical world. And therefore it is the ultimate culmination of all of our Aveda of Torah and Mitzvahs, which the whole purpose is to make a Dira B'Tachtainim and bring Elokus, bring Godliness into the physical world. And we should be Zoycha, that we should merit to Yemais HaMashiach and Tchiyas HaMesim, and it should happen very soon. And Bezras Hashem, um, next week we'll have more of the details, more of uh, uh, about more about Tchias Hamesim. Yeah, just to conclude over here, at the end of at the end of the day, the the opinion of the Rambam still requires a lot of explanation. First, uh, first off, the the Rabbi uh, Shlomo mentioning that uh, that. Uh, the, the Rambam seemingly says that Tchiyas uh, HaMesim is not forever, it's not for eternal life. And seemingly the Pasuk in Daniel says that it's for eternal life. And that's actually one of the proofs of the Ramban, that there is eternal life. Um, furthermore, as far as I know, the Rambam does not explain anywhere what actually the purpose of Tchiyas HaMesim is. He says that it's, as I mentioned, he says that it's important that we have to believe in Tchiyas HaMesim because we have to believe in miracles. But it, he, does, he, never, he doesn't seem to explain what the purpose is. He says the ultimate schar is Ganetim. He says Tchiyas HaMesim is only temporary, right? So why have Tchiyas HaMesim at all? <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't really answer that question. I mean, there are those that explain that, uh, it's based on another Gemara, that since the, since the uh, Neshama did the Avodah with the Guf, with the body, so therefore it also needs to receive a schar together with the guf. In other words, since the guf was part of the equation, the body was part of the equation, therefore the reward also has to be for the body. The Ramam doesn't say this clearly, but so that, you know, that would be an explanation of why it would, would just be a temporary thing. But the Ramam, again, the Ramam doesn't, doesn't say that. So now what's very interesting is, is that in Tavshin um, Bays. 19, uh, 19, end of 1991. So, in the last uh, Siyom Harambam, so there, the Rebbe's talked a lot about Tchiyas HaMesim. Maybe we'll talk about it another occasion. The Rebbe said that 
we could say that the truth is that the, the Rambam also agrees with the Ramban. And the only reason why the Rambam didn't mention that is because that it it because this is a completely separate concept that has nothing to do with the purpose of Mishnah Torah, which is about Torah and mitzvahs and everything. It's it's a whole other stage that uh, that um, that the Rambam you know that he that he didn't speak about. So I don't know if the Rebbe meant to say that. There's different ways we can understand what the, what, what the Rebbe is saying. And we could understand the Rebbe is saying this simply that that's actually what the Ramah himself meant. It's possible that's what the Rebbe that's what the Rebbe meant, but it could be the Rebbe means something else. The Rebbe also mentioned in one of those Hadronim that very interesting. The Rebbe quoted the the two men, Rebbe and Eipshitz, that said that all the svarim that were that were written by Gedolei Yisrael, all books written by true uh, Torah sages, were written with Baruch Hakodesh, divine inspiration, and therefore. Says they, he, he says that they they wrote things that they themselves didn't necessarily intend. Others, you can look into their words and you can you can find deeper meanings and understandings that they themselves didn't necessarily have. And he says the Rebbe therefore says that the Rambam right now is in Gan Eden and the Rambam himself is studying his own work of Mishnah and he himself is finding new meaning in, in, in what he wrote. So it could be that's what the Rabbah means, that, in other words, that, that, that the Rambam himself, in other words, so to say, like, as we can explain the Rambam that way, even if that's not, it wasn't necessarily the Rambam's intention, but we could explain that that's, that the Rambam was only explaining, like, a certain level of Torah Mitzvah, a certain level of, uh, of Yiddishkeit. But even the Rambam, so to say, even his work, we could, so to say, we could fit it together with the Rambam, that the truth is that the ultimate is really Tchis Amesim.